Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm Jared Brummett, audio engineer and editor, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. In this episode, Rob delivered a message at Shadow Mountain Community Church in El Cajon, California. As always, we would like to invite you to visit robertjmorgan.com, where you'll find Rob's blog post, podcast feed, bookstore, free resources, and more. If you've not already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Now, here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Well, I'm very, very happy to be here. Been looking forward to it for a long time. I did not enjoy getting here. You know, I'm from Tennessee. I grew up in the mountains of East Tennessee, uh, up in the hillbilly country. I say that I grew up where God made the sun shine and we made the moon shine. <laughs> my, my, uh, my cousin Jack fell in love with a girl named Beulah Dean, who was 18 years old. And then he found out that she was a moonshiner. But he loved her still. (laughs) But anyway, I I got up yesterday at 5 o'clock, drove to Nolansville to get my daughter and her little boy who's come with me, drove back to my house, took an Uber to the airport only to find out that my plane to San Diego from Nashville was delayed by six hours. And we were afraid to go back home because sometimes that changes. So we just stayed at the airport and there was a mechanical issue with the plane. So finally we took off and the flight attendant said, congratulations, you have waited six hours to fly a defective plane into a hurricane zone. (laughs) And I thought, are we really doing this? But here I am. And I'm very happy to be here. Very, very thankful to be with you guys. Now, the Shadow Mountain Bookstore has my books there, so please check it out. And um, I have a weekly podcast. It's a Bible study podcast. I just go through books of the Bible, uh, but it's called the Robert J. Morgan Podcast. So I would love for you, wherever you get your podcast, to subscribe to that. And then on social media, every day I put a 59-second Bible study. Right now I'm going through 2 Timothy. So if you have children or you're married and you don't quite know how to have devotions, one of the reasons we do this is because in the morning when you get up or before you go to bed at night, you can just say, let's see what Pastor Morgan says today, and I'll have a verse. It'll be 59 seconds. Uh, you can talk about it briefly, have a prayer, take your kids into bed or send them off to school or whatever it is, and I think it would be encouraging to you. So that's on all of the main social media platforms, and uh, we just call it our 59-second sermons. Now, what I want to speak about today is leading your families through difficulty. And by family, it may be that you're married, you may be like me, widowed, you may have children, you may not. Your family might be your small group, but we all face difficulties. And whenever we go through difficulties, other people depend on us in order to encourage them. We've got to encourage one another, and we've got to encourage our families. And there's a very interesting verse 
in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and it's verse 13. It says, all the men, that's where it begins, all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. So it was the families of Israel and the men who had wives and they had children and they had babies and they were standing before the Lord at a moment of existential crisis when they were all facing annihilation. They were facing the greatest difficulty that ever faced in their lives. And there comes a time when we face the greatest difficulty we're ever going to have. We don't know what it's going to be or we don't know when it's going to come, but life is full of difficulties. So what I want to do is to go through this chapter with you very briefly. It's very meaningful to me because a few years ago, I went through a very difficult situation with someone, and the Lord just gave me this little chapter of Second Chronicles, not Second Corinthians, but Second Chronicles in the middle of the Old Testament. So I'm going to read it and walk through it, and everything we need to know for handling difficulties and leading our families or our loved ones through difficulties is in this chapter. It has to do with King Jehoshaphat. So chapter 20 of Second Chronicles, verse 1. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meunites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. So there's a coalition here of three navies, uh, three, arm, uh, three nations that combined their armies to bring them against this little nation of Judah, which did not have sufficient resources to repulse this army that was coming up from the south that perhaps had a million men in it. We say this is the Bible's million-man army coming as a foe, as an enemy. Many of you have a military background, and you know what preparation for war is like. And Jehoshaphat found out, it says in verse 2, some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming from Edom and from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already at Hazazon Tamor, which is En Gedi. Now, I was in En Gedi last, uh, well, earlier this year. And it's just down along the Dead Sea, south of Jerusalem. So before Jehoshaphat knew that there was a great enemy, they were already within a day's march of Jerusalem. So here was a man, a king, with his armies who were not prepared, with his families who were defenseless, and they were facing this tremendous invasion. And of course, back then, there were few people who survived an invasion. So it says in verse 3, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. I'm reading today from the New International Version, and that first word is alarmed. And whenever we get bad news, we feel alarm. I mean, that is human nature. Every time that I get bad news, or I think I may, I feel alarmed. I've had a long history of panic attacks. I began having panic attacks in junior high school, and I didn't know what they were. We didn't even know there was any such thing as panic attacks back then. And I thought, why can't I breathe? What's happening? And so we feel alarm. If you feel alarmed when you face some crisis or difficulty, then that means you're human. You just don't want to stay very long in a state of panic or acute anxiety. 
because that can just kill you. So it says, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to call upon the Lord, to call on Yahweh or Jehovah. And that's where everything hinges on this. Whenever we face hardships in life, we have to make up our minds that we're going to pray and come to the Lord and give him the burdens that we are facing because we can't handle them on our own. Now, it helps if we are going to call on the Lord in difficult times, if we are calling on him every day, because then we have an ongoing relationship with the Lord. I was taught when I was 19 years old that I should wake up every morning. It doesn't have to be in the morning, it can be at night, but I was taught to wake up in the morning, get a cup of coffee, and spend time in Bible study and prayer. It could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it could be half an hour, it could be an hour, but the amount of time is as important as just the fact that you know that every day you have an appointment with the Lord, the God of all of the universe, who flung out the stars and created these marvelous crowd, uh, cloud formations and the beauty of California and the skies that we see and everything. He wants to meet with you and me every day. And so you open your Bible and you say, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? I am all ears. And for me, I have a pencil or a pen, and I'll start where I left off the day before. Right now, I'm going through the book of 1 Samuel, and I'll just say, Lord, I need a word from you today. And so I sort of process that scripture with my ink pen and think through it and can almost always, there is something there for me. And I can remember it all day long because I've sort of been diligent about looking for it. And if I don't find something in my reading, then I may turn to the Psalms or to the Proverbs or to one of the letters of Paul, maybe to Romans. But generally, wherever it is I'm reading, there is something the Lord wants to say to me. And then I spend time in prayer. And when I really face a difficulty, then when I come to him in prayer to obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need, I have this ongoing daily relationship with him. So it's natural for me to resolve to inquire of the Lord. And I think that's the most important habit in the Christian life. So it says, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed the fast for all of Judah, and the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. In other words, the communities around Jerusalem that were defenseless, all of the people suddenly fled to Jerusalem within those walls. And it says in verse 5, Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard. They just finished renovating the temple. And so there was an area there where thousands of people could congregate. And Jehoshaphat didn't give them a presidential address. He didn't tell them how they had to be brave. He didn't call upon his army to come to the rescue. He didn't try to encourage them. He prayed. And we have his incredible prayer here, beginning with verse 6. He said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over, you rule over all of the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hands, and no one can withstand you. And then he reminds the Lord 
of how he had intervened in earlier times. And then he says in verse 10, here we have these armies coming against us. And then in verse 12 he says, and this is one of the great prayers in the Bible, if you don't know what else to pray, you can always pray verse 12. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Now, there's a prayer you ought to know. It is the kind of prayer where you break glass and pull the lever. It is an emergency prayer. Can you imagine if our country suddenly faced a crisis, another 9-11 or another, if the president would get up and say to the American people, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on the Lord. Well, very often we need to pray that. You need to say to your wife or to your children, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on the Lord. And we need to say to the Lord, I don't know how to resolve this difficulty. I have no answer for this complex situation that I'm facing at work or in my job or with these relationships or with this uh, crisis that we've come into or the finances or the health or whatever it is or our children going through something. I don't know what to do, but my eyes, Lord, are on you. That prayer is one of the most powerful, simple prayers in all of the Bible. 2013. It's just very important that we learn this prayer, 2012 actually. And then verse 13 says, all of the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Now you have to get the scene. Here you have these thousands of people gathered in this new plaza that they'd made near the temple. And Jehoshaphat had just admitted to everyone that they were being invaded by a million-man army. They couldn't defend themselves. They were coming to annihilate them all. And he said, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on the Lord. And then everybody just stood there in sobering, solemn silence as everything sunk in. But then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, and he gives his pedigree this prophet. And he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, suddenly someone in the audience, inspired by the Holy Spirit, a prophet, a preacher of that day, stood up. And he said, this is what the Lord says. Now, here is a promise that you can go to over and over again. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Think of what it is you may be facing. Somebody here in this room may be facing some difficulty today. And you came here, but you're distracted by the problem you're facing. Well, the Lord says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. He's going to take care of it. He's going to come to your defense. He knows what to do. You don't know what to do, but your eyes are on him, and he does know what to do. Verse 16, tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. And when you find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jezreel, you shall not 
fight in this battle. You will not have to fight this battle. Isn't it wonderful to know that there are some battles we face and we don't have to fight them. We don't have to have all of the answers. We don't know what to do. And we don't have to know what to do because the Lord is our advocate. You do not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord your God will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. And he says it again, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. There are words just for us. You know, this wasn't written primarily to give us a historical account, although the history is accurate, but it was written primarily to give us an idea as to handle how to handle our own battles. So we have to trust him without being discouraged. We have to cast off fear and discouragement. It isn't easy, but if our eyes are on the Lord, it becomes possible. And we have to trust the Lord that he will be with us. So it says in verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. They began to worship him before the crisis was resolved. They worshiped him before the answer came. They worshiped him before the deliverance occurred based upon what the Lord had said to them. So here you are facing a crisis. You go to the Bible. You say, Lord, I don't know what to do. You go through the scripture. He gives you a word. He gives you a promise. And you say, I am going to stand firm on this promise. And you worship the Lord. You praise him and thank him for what he is going to do. Then some Levites. So if you're having a difficulty, then just say, Lord, this is, this is huge. This would pull me down, except my eyes are on you, and you've given me a scripture, so I'm going to praise you for what you're going to do. I mean, this is the pattern. It's something we learn over and over again with every coming difficulty, because all the way through life we have them, we put this into operation, and we grow in this pattern. And it says in verse 19, then some Levites from the Cotherites and Cortherites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. I found it, now I'm not a shouter, you know, if I go to, um, if I go to a ball game, I may shout a little bit, but I'm not a big shouter, but I have found that I can go out behind my house where nobody will hear me, and I can say in an elevated tone, praise the Lord. Do you know, that helps me. Now, I think it honors the Lord, and then I think he comes and helps me, but sometimes it just helps to, to say out loud, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. So with that, the sun set, and what a night. All of those people, they couldn't go back home, some of them, because they lived too far away. Maybe a few of them did. But the night before their potential annihilation, unless the Lord intervened the last night of their lives, they were going to see their children and their babies mowed down. They just had to trust God through the night. We have to trust the Lord through the night. And sometimes literally, 
because when you go to bed very often, that's when all of the problems come to you. And you have to just say, Lord, I could focus on this problem. That's really what I want to do, but I'm going to force it out of my mind by quoting your promise. And there have been many a night when I've been very worried, and I just have to go back and start quoting Scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. So verse 20. Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. And as they set out, this is the strangest military uh, strategy you've ever heard. Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. And after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out at the head of the army, they were singing, give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And they took the choir and put it in front of the army. And the choir led them singing songs to the Lord. There's a tremendous power in music. And I just love the new music and the great hymns of the faith. I have a Spotify playlist called My Favorite Hymns, and I've got 400 of them there. Some of them are newer, but most of them are older. And when I wake up in the morning, I just start playing it and listen in the shower. And I have this, there is a lot of power to having Christian music in your home and in your car. And now we can do it so easily with these music apps, but for your children to wake up in the morning and come down for breakfast and there is Christian music and the great hymns playing to take them to school, to take them to soccer practice, and they become familiar with the music and then at night maybe to listen while you read your Bible very quietly to some instrumental Christian music. There is a power in that. God created music and he created uh, people who can write these wonderful hymns and songs, and I love them. And so many times they've come and ministered to me. And you know what a great hymn is? It's simply a miniature Bible study set to music. So as you learn to sing the great hymns, you are learning to sing Scripture and to listen to it. And so there's a power here we see in making sure that music and worship is present in our lives. And in verse 22... As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. It goes on to say that they became confused and ended up slaughtering one another. And verse 24, when the men of Judah came to look at the place that overlooks the desert and they looked toward this vast army, they saw only dead bodies on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. They found a great amount of equipment and of clothing and of articles of value. There was so much plunder, it took three days to collect it. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the Valley of Barakah, and they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the Valley of Barakah, or praise to this very day. And then verse 27 then led by Jehoshaphat, all of the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully. Now remember, they were alarmed 
and now they're joyful, to Jerusalem. For the Lord had given them cause to rejoice of their enemies, and they entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets, and the fear of God, the last couple of verses here, came on all the surrounding nations when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest. So because they went through this challenge, they didn't just survive. They ended up enriched by all of the plunder, and when all of the surrounding nations heard what had happened, nobody dared to come against them, and their nation was at peace throughout all of the days of Jehoshaphat. It all turned out for good. It was good they went through all of that because afterwards they were in such a better place and they never had to worry about invasion again. All things worked together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So this is the pattern in the Bible for handling difficulties. We have to make up our minds when we feel alarmed to inquire of the Lord, to listen to what he says, to worship him, to trust him, trust in the Lord, it says, to sing to him and fill our lives with music. The devil just doesn't know what to do with a Christian who is engaging with great Christian music and then to claim the blessings that he gives afterwards. Now, I've experienced this over and over again. It's not just a one-time crisis. This is just a pattern that we find as we go through life. But the Lord has never failed to help me in any difficulty, and I don't think he ever will. When my wife and I had been married for about a year, we thought she might be pregnant. And these were in the days before pregnancy kits. You had to go to the doctor, and the lady gave a sample, and then you went back a week later to see whether or not you were pregnant. So I took Katrina to the doctor, and then a week later, for some reason, she was tied up or, I think, hosting something at the home that we'd prearranged. So I went it was 45 minutes to the hospital, but I went to the doctor's office alone. And I remember going up to the window, and I said, I'm here for the results of the pregnancy sample. And she went through the papers and said, yes, she's pregnant. You're going to have a baby. And I went back to my car. And I was driving back. We didn't have cell phones. I couldn't tell Katrina. But I thought to myself, we were having a baby and I'm pastoring this little church and making $97.50 a week. And I don't have any insurance. We don't have any hospitalization. And we're going to have a baby, and I don't know how to be a dad. What am I going to do? And I felt a little panic at all of that. There was a lot of joy, but there was some panic too. And for some reason, I just went over and turned on the radio. And coming through the speakers was that old gospel song, Be not dismayed, whate'er betide, God will take care of you. Trust, little one, upon his side, and he will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. And now I have three children, 
My wife's in heaven, 16 grandchildren, four great-grandchildren, and another on the way. And he has always taken care of me. He'll take care of you, too. You can trust him. If you don't know that you know him, you're not certain that you're going to heaven, that you receive Christ as Savior, then talk to someone before you leave here, someone at your table or nearby. Just say, how do I really make sure I'm a Christian? And there are men in this room that will help you. But don't let this hurricane come or this day pass or this moment expire without making your decision to follow Jesus Christ with all of your heart and he will take care of you through all the way or every day he will take care of you let's pray together dear lord we thank you for the faith and leadership of jehoshaphat may there be that same attitude spirit heart faith and wisdom in us as we lead ourselves and our families through this world with all of its trials, knowing that you are with us at every step and we can praise, we can worship, we can sing, and we can trust you and you will never fail us. So Lord, may we not be discouraged. May no one here be afraid. We often don't know what to do, but Lord, our eyes are on you. In the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thank you for digging into the riches of the Bible with me. This episode was produced by Joshua Rowe and the marketing company, Clearly Media. Audio editing and engineering is done by Jared Brummett. Editorial supervision is by Sherry Anderson. And Luke Tyler takes each of these episodes, condenses them, adds an opening outline, and posts them as blogs on my website at robertjmorgan.com, where you can find many other resources. Music is by Jordan Davis. Thank you for tuning in, and may God be with you until we meet again.